Welcome to the Intuitive Therapist Podcast with Janice R. Cohen, therapist, clairvoyant, empath, and medium. Listen in as she takes a no-nonsense deep dive into real human struggles and how to resolve them. Janice will share channeled information from her spirit guide team, as well as the angels and archangels, to help you master your emotional, physical, financial, and spiritual destiny. And now, Janice R. Cohen. Hey y'all, this is Janice Cohen, the Intuitive Therapist here on the Intuitive Therapist Podcast. Welcome to December, my goodness. We're at the end of the year. And before I begin today's podcast, uh, where to find the right red flags, I wanted to let you know there will not be a new episode the last week of December. I will be on vacation. So please feel free to listen again to some of your favorite ones, but also try listening to, to some of the other ones that maybe you um, skipped over. There's a lot of good content there. So as a highly intuitive and psychic person, I pay attention to my gut feelings about everything. Every situation I'm in, every idea I have, every person I meet, every decision I make, and every feeling I have. I've learned to trust my intuition completely. No questions asked. I would imagine that as you've aged, you too have come to trust most of the messages, the hunches, and the whispers of your intuition in more parts of your life than ever before. And if that's the case, bravo to you. When we're children, most of us were taught about the uh-oh feeling and that whenever we were in a place that felt unsafe or we were around people we didn't know, we would be more cautious of them. Teaching children how to trust their gut instinct in this way, it's so necessary and it's so imperative to make sure that they know. Problem is, as we age, we tend to get caught up in our thinking mind and we talk ourselves into and out of decisions, even though our bodies are screaming at us to do differently. And I'm sure you can look back at the micro and macro decisions you've made in your life and see where and when you ignored your gut. I know I can. Trouble is that, that the farther away you get from listening to your intuition, the harder it might seem to reconnect with it. The struggles seem to be around whether or not you can actually trust your gut. I hear that all the time. People say, well, you know, I trusted my gut and it was wrong. In reality, the struggle isn't with your intuition's trustworthiness because your intuition is always spot on. It's in your inability to trust it. That's where the gap lives. We've all been in enough relationships to know that what we like and what we don't like, and all of our experiences give us the opportunity to decide which patterns will continue and which ones we won't. I've talked several times about how I have uh, had to settle a great deal of romantic karma in my life. And when I say a great deal, I mean my entire life has been, been about settling my karmic debt and ending unhealthy patterns. And once I caught on to this, took me a very long time, y'all, uh, to this lifetime lesson, this really pivotal lesson in my life, I began to pay more attention to the red flags that were showing up for me in my relationships. In addition, I've also had to settle 
other relationship debt. By settling the debt, I mean, uh, I was to finally experience what I needed to experience in order to learn the lesson and shut the door, uh, not only on that relationship, but to needing any more of those kinds of experiences to further my learning. One thing I feel like I've mastered is learning that everything in the universe is an opportunity to gain knowledge. From noticing a leaf falling from a tree so that I can experience the wonder of nature's cycle of death and rebirth, to experiencing profound heartbreak so that I can appreciate my worth and value. I believe one of the main lessons that each of us must learn is how to value ourselves from ourselves. That said, with any experience in life, there are warning signs that signal whether or not it's safe for you to proceed with whatever it is or not. Relationships are certainly a primary modality of figuring that out. Most people, when they hear the two words red flag, they automatically think of romantic relationships. And for the most part, that really is where the two words are used predominantly. However, red flags can show up anywhere and in regard to any situation, from buying the wrong tires for your car because you get this sense that maybe there's a better deal on the same tires somewhere else, to taking the wrong job because you missed something in the fine print of the contract, and uh, or either maybe even choosing the wrong piece of fruit. Our gut instinct is active all the time, and it keeps messaging us 100% of the time. It shows up everywhere, and it's always present, that gut instinct. How lucky are we all to have that superpower? Today I want to talk about red flags, but not in the way that you might think, and not where you might tend to look for them. I want to talk to you about calling back your attention from looking for red flags in other people and other things and begin to start looking for the red flags in you. These are harder to see and kind of harder to accept. But if you do the work, if you really want to do the work, everything in your life will open up and you will be able to more easily live your life in flow than you ever imagined. Like I said, when we're little, we're taught to look for the red flags in others, pay attention to that uh-oh feeling. But really, who teaches us about how to find the red flags in ourselves? As we age, we don't look for our own red flags. We do the biggest disservice we could possibly do to ourselves by doing that, because we project out on other people. At this point in my life, I no longer solely look for the red flags in others. I still do because there's truth in it. Sure, they're there, and they're great markers for determining if somebody's going to be a right fit for me in any type of relationship, and if I want them in my life. But more so now, I look for the red flags in me, for they are the best indicators of what is acceptable to me and what is not. I look for the red flags in what I'm experiencing and how I'm interacting, and what I'm attracting. When it comes to any type of relationship, what I experience is priority. I think a lot of people forget that. I think a lot of people don't realize that, let's just talk about dating, 
we forget to interview the person. We forget to vet them for us. Most of us, we just want to find the right person, get into a relationship. We want them to love us. And it's all about them, 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 them. Will they accept us? Will they love us? Will they treat us right? Will they, will they, will they? But the real piece of importance here is really understanding that you are the priority and you are the baseline. What you feel, what your hunches are, that's the baseline for how you proceed in any connection, not the other way around. My happiness and fulfillment is hinged only on one thing, me and what I feel, not anyone or anything else. And y'all, I've talked about the idea of expectations and how when you have them, even unknowingly, you're hinging your happiness on something outside of you that A, you can't control and B, you can't uh make certainty out of the fact that your, um, your fulfillment will happen. When people talk about red flags, they tend to refer to things that they need to be cautious of. But what kind of red flags are in you that you take caution about? What about when you tend to people please rather than do what's right for you? What about when you share something with somebody against your better judgment. You're like, ah, oh, I knew I shouldn't have said that. What about when you take a job for the money and not for the fulfillment and you regret it every single day you work there? What if you keep dating the same type of people and don't do the inner work to uplevel your standards and self-concept and all you're doing is asking the ridiculous rhetorical question, why do I keep dating the same kind of person? What's wrong with me? What about continuing to practice addiction rather than deal with your pain? What about trying to convince somebody of something over and over and over again when your gut has said to you, why am I wasting my time? What is it that I'm really looking for that they're not going to give me that I need to give myself? What about when you set a boundary with somebody and then relax it because you don't want to deal with the emotional tension from firmly keeping it and then you regret the shit out of it? What about when you hear the voice inside you that says, there's something not right here, don't do it. But you're like, nah, I'll do it anyway. And you regret that. What about when you project all of your judgment, worry, fear, and pain onto others and fail to deal with your own shadows? What about giving your power away to someone to determine your happiness based on their decisions? That's a tough one. I know we've all done that. I could go on and on and on with all of these examples. I know I pull from my own life. I pull from the lives of my clients. And I'm sure that you could come up with other examples too of how you have abandoned yourself in these ways and ignored your own red flags. But my point is that what is really important about looking for red flags in yourself is that you're doing one thing and one thing only. You're just observing how you choose to feel, think, and behave, and whether or not how you feel, think, and behave is good for you or not. Looking for red flags in yourself 
is all about self-evaluation, not self-condemnation. I don't want you to look at things in your life, look at yourself and, and, and just start criticizing yourself. That's not my point today. It's to really be aware of, take stock of, appreciate the fact that you're developing this insight and make the shifts that you need to make, shore things up inside of you. I've said many times that the people in our lives reflect back to us the things about us that we've either mastered or not. Everybody in your life is a mirror. Every single person, period, end of story. And if you don't view them like that, you're going to struggle with, why is somebody treating me like this? Why are they acting this way? What, you know, why am I triggered this way? If you don't start to learn that every interaction you have is a learning opportunity and that you're to take something from it. And that if somebody does something that, that bothers you, hurts you, that you have to deal with that within you because it's not about them. Right? So if you're picking up something about somebody, then you have a golden opportunity to learn more about you and make a more informed and higher intelligent decision for yourself. Like I said, how others show up is a reflection of them. How you show up is a reflection of you. There's no mystery for continuing to attract partners or friends who exploit you or betray you. And here's the thing. I work a lot with people who have experienced betrayal. And it can be financial, sexual, emotional, even spiritual betrayal. I've been there. And I've learned, and I've moved beyond that, and I've settled my karmic debt with that. And one thing I know is that when I teach clients about the root cause of betrayal of any kind, I tell them that when, and I want y'all to hear this, when you fail to practice fidelity to yourself, you will by nature of the laws of attraction and cause and effect Bring forth people who will mirror your need to learn how to love yourself first and to practice fidelity to yourself first. That is the lesson of betrayal. Again, it has nothing to do with the other person. They're settling their own karmic shit by showing up in that way. If they have a pattern of betraying people, they're going to experience the karmic repercussions. But you're, you're connected to it. You're the common denominator in all of your experiences. So why continue to be that kind of common denominator? What do you need to see? And what do you need to do to put yourself first and to stop betraying yourself? Once you learn that lesson or a lesson, you don't need to call in all these additional experiences to learn it. It's done. And you know it's done because you will feel it inside of you. That door has closed. I got this finally. It's just like passing a test in school. You've learned enough and you've learned it all and therefore you don't have to repeat the grade, right? You graduate to the next level of learning. When you sense red flags within yourself, you can consider them as signs of the things that you need to shore up in yourself in order to relate to others in a more genuine and healthy way as well as how to relate to, uh, to yourself. Deal breakers, on the other hand, right? We talk about red flags and deal breakers. There is a difference. Deal breakers signify that the person or circumstance is unhealthy, period, 
End of story. It's an absolute no and doesn't earn a place in your life. And so therefore, it doesn't get your time and attention. For example, we all know this. The ideal partner is somebody who shares the same fundamental values. If they're different, that's great. They're going to help you learn and grow. But you want to be with somebody that shares the same fundamental values like marriage, children, work ethic, religious beliefs, spiritual beliefs. Uh, they value health, how they manage money, and on and on and on. Respect, fidelity, monogamy, or poly, whatever it is. But you want to align with somebody that shares your same fundamental values. It's not enough to know what your red flags are. I have learned that I don't need to convince anyone of anything. That's not my job. So I don't need to toot the uh, or announce my red flags. It's enough that I need to know. And it's enough that I need to know my deal breakers, right? Because all I have to do is if I see it, if I know of it, boom, I ha there's my evidence. I make an informed decision uh, without judgment of anything or anyone. I do, however, know that my sole responsibility is to show up in my truest and highest expression of myself and act with integrity, grace, and love, period, end of story. And I mess up at times doing that. I'm human. That's what this life is about, to learn and grow and expand. But thankfully, um, I catch myself and I work to realign with myself. And that's all I can do. That's all you can do. That's all anyone can do. We can't change anybody, right? The only thing we do is change ourselves. So take a moment and think about your red flags. Write them down even. Really, like, think about them. What are your red flags? What do you see as your patterns in your life? Here's the thing. If you feel like sharing them with somebody you trust, do that. And maybe even ask people in your lives, hey, what are my red flags? What do you see me keep, keep doing? What do you see me continuing to do that I'm not aware of? And be open without contempt for their feedback. If you don't want to share it with them, then simply just be aware of what you write down and then take this next step of working on them so that they don't wreak havoc anymore in your life uh, or bring about situations and people to keep teaching you that lesson. Learn to recognize your own flags. I promise you will carry you, carry you farther in life than you could possibly imagine. You can break unhealthy patterns, learn new ones, and find greater intimacy in the relationships that are good for you to have in your life. For example, let's say you're somebody that doesn't want to, uh, you disagree with somebody, but you don't want to ruffle feathers because you have this sense or fear that if you stand up for yourself or you disagree with somebody, that they're going to reject you. What if they don't? What if by you just being very clear with them, again, doing all of this without contempt or a, or a, a, a tone in your voice, but just simply showing up in, in the truth of who you are, and that relationship deepens. What if they reject you and move on? Don't you want only to have people in your life that are willing to stay around and love you for you? 
If you need help with this and want to work to change the red flags or even recognize them that you have and you want to change them into green flags, nobody talks about green flags, right? And green flags are the ones that are actually good, right? These are the things that work. These, these are the things that in us, these are our strengths, right? These, these are the things that we have in us that allow us to be profitable and abundant, like kindness, generosity, introspection, giving, right? So you, you want to change them into green flags, then reach out to a therapist, coach, or counselor to help you uncover those blind spots. And I call them blind spots because there's a lot of times where we don't really um, see them. We just keep practicing what we're doing and our life seems stuck, but they're there. And of course, look, I'm always here if you want to reach out to me and do some work. Uh, I help people all the time with this. So I hope this has been uh, an interesting topic for you, the red flags in you. Yeah, sure, there are red flags in other people and other things, and you absolutely need to pay attention to those. But today is really more about what are you doing that is not healthy for you? And what triggers do you still have? What kinds of things are continuing to still show up in your life that signify that you have a red flag that you have to clear up and make a green flag? I wish you a wonderful day, a blessed week, and as always, live intuitively. Thanks for listening to The Intuitive Therapist. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.